0: You're listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. For more information, please visit our website at everynationgta.org.
1: Online. And this is all about what does it look like for us as a church as we emerge from the last two years as restrictions relax, as we hopefully get back into more normal rhythms. What is it going to look like for us to move forward? And so today. We're going to be hearing from different leaders in our church about what this past season has been like for them. You're going to hear some unique uh, challenges that they've all experienced. But then the questions then was like, what is helping you move forward? Where is the strength? What is what is helping you move forward? And I think you're going to be really encouraged today. I think you're going to be really strengthened today. And I think you're going to resonate a lot with some of these stories. And so uh, we're going to break it up into two. So I'm going to invite uh, Malik and Matt to join me up on stage. They're going to introduce themselves a little bit to you if you don't know who they are. And then we're going to look forward to hearing what they have to say. And so, as they take their seats and grab that mind copy, that one's also working. And can um, we start with you, Malik? Hello.
2: Hi guys. My name is Malik. I'm a freelance photographer and videographer in Toronto, and I help with leading uh, students longer and sometimes with the social media stuff and videos. Um, so I'm going to pull up the phone because I never said it Um, so yeah, I was asked to share a bit about, um, my past, the past couple of years and, um, how I've dealt with loss. Um, so in the last couple of years, um, especially in 2021 was a very difficult year for me and my family. Um, uh, we lost two family members, um, in January 2021, my grandmother, Grady,
3: well, her. um, she was placed on palliative care for pregnant cancer for many years.
2: Uh, my family helped take care of her, to come back from Toronto all the way to London where she lived, back and forth, to take care of her. Uh, it was difficult to see her body and her mind just gradually, um, break down in the span of just a few months. Um, until she passed away last May, at 75. Um, <laughs> and then on February 15, 2021, uh, my family got a text letting us know that my cousin Hannah was in a car accident and passed away. Sorry. Mm-hmm. She was 19, and one of my closest cousins that I knew, Because of travel restrictions, we were not able to attend her funeral, which was really hard as we couldn't be with the rest of the family and friends during that time. However, I'm grateful that I was able to go visit that and the family a few months later, um, even though I had to have hotel quarantine when I went back. Um, So, Hannah and her family actually visited Toronto, Um, visited our family in Christmas of 2019, and she and my cousins came. Um, actually to every nation service, a Christmas service. Um, and she really enjoyed that. Um, and that was the last time I was able to see her in person. Um, so yeah, when we hear, when I hear tragedy like the death of a loved one or a virus spreading, a country being bombed,
3: I'm um, brought to a place of humility. It's this feeling of stepping back
2: and getting a wider perspective on life and things. Um, makes me realize that um, so many things that I spend my time worrying about are really small in the grand scheme of things, right? We begin to revalue re- what's really important. Um, and, it, and I'm reminded that my hope needs to be in God more than anything But in my hope but in here. Um, so Bible verse that has encouraged me in the last year is, is there history? I'll read it out. Mm-hmm. Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all.
4: So we fix our eyes not on what
2: is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So, I don't know about you, but for me, uh, the troubles I face don't seem like the momentary like this verse
3: suggests. Um, and it makes it it's a hard verse to take in. Um... I think about my dad,
2: who lost his mother, who he was very close to um, my relatives, who lost their daughter, their sister, and if I feel a heavy grief, you know, how much more is their grief? Um, sometimes when I see passages like this, I think, I'm not just supposed to grin and bury it, you know, just trust God, he'll make you happy, your pain is insignificant. Um, but the Bible tells us that Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He wept even when he heard that his friend Lazarus had died, um, even though he knew that Lazarus would be raised. He stopped to grieve the pain of death, even though he knew death wasn't the end. God cares about how we feel. He cares about our emotions. How wonderful it is that we have an all-powerful God who cares about our big and our little problems. Amen. So, like Jesus
4: in that moment with
2: Lazarus, um, we are in a time of mourning in the pains and tragedies that are a result of living in a broken world. These past two years, I've learned that it's okay to go through these pains. It's okay to weep. Um, However, we don't have to remain there. Um, We have a hope that keeps us from losing heart. um, The First verse says. So this verse is saying that Our deepest and hardest struggles and pains compared to the ultimate life with God are light and momentary. You know, how much greater is that life going to be? Like, if I can think of how overwhelmingly hard that grief was, how much more is life with God going to be? Um, I know that one day my grandmother, my cousin, and I will be worshiping Jesus together and that every tear will be wiped away. So I don't let go of the pain, I feel, but I hold it both in my hand with also the hope of Christ. And I notice that one far awaits the other. Um, yeah, I just wanted to also share that while I was uh, receiving this news and living this hard time, I reached out to some of our pastors and I really felt a lot of support from them, especially uh, Pastor Aaron. I have never even met you in person and we had a few good calls and I just really appreciate you that.
1: Know, thank you. Thank you, Malik. Really. So how many of you in this past season have lost someone, a family member, a friend? so yeah, will will be I'm really gonna put Malik on the spot. Would you just pray? Sure. For us? Yeah. Well Jesus, um,
2: we thank you for the lives you've given us. We thank you that We all woke up this morning that um, you've chosen to um, let us walk another day. We thank you for the family that we have around us, the friends we have around us, the the church we have um, that can be supports to us in our lives. And God, we we hold on to the hope of um, this promise of the future um, that we can already get a glimpse of um, today. Or would you um, strengthen us as we remember times of loss um would we not forget um yeah these wonderful promises you have for us Good. all right hey everyone i'm matt uh one of the small group leaders for our thursday small group uh downtown um i've been asked to share about the impact
4: of covid and our work disruptions and. Health vulnerability. So I'll talk about that and why I keep my mask on. (laughs) So, uh, how do we move forward as we come out of the quote unquote pandemic into an endemic phase? Uh, There's three main points I want to quickly talk about and then I'll expand on them a little bit. First one uh, is praise God and seek his face. Second, be patient for he is already at work. And third, bring petitions before the Lord. So in terms of work disruption, I had the privilege of being able to work from home. Um, I know not everyone does, but I did. And while it is a privilege, it also accelerated a lot of these stresses that were already in my work. Um, Some of you know this, some of you don't, but my, my previous job, I've been there for around six years, and about half that time I've been complaining about it. <laughs> uh,
3: I've been trying
4: to find a new job, yeah. <laughs> mostly because I didn't exactly have what you call a healthy relationship with work. I would, My normal workday is like 10 to 12 hours. I'm working with teams here in Toronto, California, and then also I with a team in China. Uh, working from home meant that the physical boundaries that used to exist between work and life, or work and home, I guess, got removed, in my case, my bedroom became my workplace. So you can imagine, like, as someone who was already burning out before the pandemic, when that happened, it just sped everything up a lot more. And like everyone else, I thought it was just going to be a short thing, like, okay, cool, a couple weeks, maybe a few months, we're going to be back to work, it will be fine. Uh, That was not the case, (laughs) and Without me knowing, like, around six years and 50% of that time me complaining and asking God to give me a new job, I wanted to get out of here. I didn't realize God was already actually already working with me. Even if he had provided me a new work, um, I don't think anything would have changed. Because my problem wasn't with my work, it was with myself. Like I said, I didn't have a good working relationship with work. Um, So, without me knowing, he was already changing me on the inside to have a better view about work and giving myself the strength to set that boundary between work and life. And this brings me to the first verse we can bring that up. First Chronicles 16, 8 to 12, 11. This is when the Ark of the Covenant finally came back to Jerusalem, and this is what David instructed Asaph, I think, and his brothers, uh, in terms of how to praise yeah. God. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. I think it's important for us to remember, regardless of what's happening in our workplace, whether we're from home or we still have to go in for work right now, is that we're always to first... Praise God for what he has already given us. And secondly, to always seek his face and seek his strength. Because even without us knowing, he's already working on us. What we need to do is be patient and continue um, to have our north star, which is not Him, or else we get lost ourselves. Now the problem is, okay, that's great and all, like, work you can change, but what about, like, long-term health problems, right? Like, those of us who have it, like myself or people we know, uh, just a quick background, um, I have a condition in my spine which it, it, it has there's inflammation there. So long term if you don't treat it, the spine will basically fuse together and uh, basically will get stuck in one because it can't move. So to combat that, I take a concoction of different types of medicine to basically suppress my immune system. One of them is actually also used to treat cancer. So, When the pandemic came around, you know, in the beginning, when everyone was saying, oh, it's just like the flu, right? I was like, okay, cool, I'm fine. And then very quickly, that changed um, as mounting evidence came in. It's like, this is not just any type of virus like the flu. Uh, There are severe outcomes for this. So really quickly, my life turned upside down, too, on top of working from home. I was like, well, even going outside to the grocery store is a huge risk. and I started to live in fear, you know, when the pandemic first came and we were all sent home. I didn't actually see anybody for about 18 months since then. And that's not saying that, you know, it's a bad thing. I think that is a very good thing in terms of being cautious and being uh, responsible with my own personal health and safety. And I'm not here to tell you that uh, it's not a Christian thing to do, quote, unquote, if, if you're living fear. I think that's actually two separate things <coughs> and can we put up the next verse in Psalms so be merciful to me Lord for I am in distress, my eyes grow weak with sorrow my soul, my body with grief, my life is consumed by anguish, my ears by groaning my strength fails me because of my afflictions and my bones grow weak and I think what we see here from David, and this is, by the way, David um, lamenting to God after he knew what God already planned for him. And he's fleeing from Saul into the desert. I think it's okay for us to be careful with our health um, for those of us who are struggling. And maybe you're still looking for a way to, like, how what I do in this new phase of the pandemic. Um, it's okay to bring those to God and say, oh, I still need to work it out. Um, it's okay to still be fearful. And that's actually a really good thing uh, in our Christian walk. It's only through exposing our fears and vocalizing them to God, lamenting to God, do we actually start to grow. And that's what God wants for us. So, wrapping up here, uh, three points. To praise the Lord, seek his face, be patient for he's already at work, even when we don't feel like it. And in the meantime, bring your petitions before the Lord. Thank you so much. we give these guys a round of applause?
1: I'm to I'm going to ask Diane, and for to join me to hear from them. So, I uh, appreciate the vulnerability which you guys have sharing today. So, Diane, why don't we start with you, and uh, let's hear a little bit about yourself, and your experience. Hi
0: everyone. Hello. <laughs> my name is Sam, and I co-lead our student small group with Malik, and also run our social media, so that's me sending all the posts out if you see it, and I also occasionally sing on our worship team. Um, I've been asked to talk about my experience as a student at the start of the pandemic, and now transitioning into my... Um, my work life until I'm actually real adult. <laughs> so the pandemic started, I was in my last year of my undergrad at York University. And growing up, I was always told, you know, go to school, get good grades, you'll get a good job that pays nice. And the pandemic kind of disrupted all of that because there were no jobs available when I finished school. So I was kind of just doing nothing for many months. Um, so after a few months of being unemployed, I decided, well, I might as well just go back to school because I don't know what else to do. So I did another year of school. And if you have not gone to school during the pandemic, a fully remote learning situation is not. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's very isolating. It's very transactional. At the end of that program, I went away without having built any connections because everybody was kind of just like, "Well, it was nice seeing you. We're um, all going our own ways now." So, um, I focused a lot on building professional relationships. So networking, trying to talk to people in the field that um, I wanted to get into because that was what I was told would get you into the right job. You need to know somebody in the right companies, somebody who will open the door for you. So I was doing that basically full-time, then attending to my part-time job, and then um, during my free time, I would go to our student small group and kind of try to encourage people. and a few people actually promised me jobs by doing this, so I was somewhat confident that, you know, um, at the end of the summer, I'll be fine. I have some jobs lined up for me. But I was actually on our ENC Institute in Vancouver last year, and in the middle of it, all the jobs that were promised to me fell through. People backed out on their word, people started to ignore my emails and my calls so I was just really devastated and I didn't know what to do but I tried to go out and put on um, a happy um, happy persona because I was a leader and I had to talk to students while I was there and when I went home at the end of the week I was very depressed I was very discouraged and I was... Disappointed in myself because I feel like I disappointed my mother who worked hard for me, um, because I didn't have a job and I felt like she was going to start, like, expecting rent or something, even though she never <laughs> asked me <him> for rent. <laughs> um, and she never does. Thank you. Um, I had a lot of anxiety about my future, um, and a lot of, a lot of students and a lot of people who Um, you know, are getting out of their undergrads or their masters and are looking for their next step, feel that way. And it's just exacerbated by the pandemic and everything that is going on. It took me many months into my job search before I talked to God seriously about it. And I realized that I was trusting in the wrong things, which was when God told me this verse. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. So I was told when I was looking for a job to start small, look for an internship. If it's unpaid, take it, do it for a couple months. And when you get a full-time job, um, it's probably going to be minimum and the working environment won't be great, but it's a start. God told me, no, I want you to look for a full-time job. I want you to apply to jobs that you want to work in. I want you to have your, set your salary expectation, and it's not minimum. And I don't want you to spend seven days a week applying for every single job out there. I want you to be selective. Do not settle. Trust me. And as scary as that was, I did it. While, he said, while you're not looking for a job, I want you to focus on the small group. These are students who felt the same way as you. They're new to the country. They don't know anybody. They are just as isolated as every single other person out there. Just like you, and they don't know anybody. So that's what I did. I'm. At the end of last year I got a job, thankfully. It yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it was (laughs) I got a job, it's full time. It 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 pays much more than I asked for. And although I was scared because I had friends telling me, you know, it's just a job, like don't expect too much. My church wants to know they told me. <laughs> um, I don't care because I know that it's the job that God set for me and it's where I was meant to be. So I hope that encourages you to just keep trusting God even though you're not seeing any results immediately.
2: So
1: before we put you on the spot, you know, pray for us. is there anyone here you're personally trusting a job or someone you know that's really in this situation within your job, anyone? That situation know. Okay, yeah. let's pray. We this in a prayer in terms of that's such a great word of just trusting God in the midst of some really hard circumstances.
0: Yeah. Um, Lord, just thank you for continuing to work even though we feel like we hope it's better for us. Thank you that um despite all the challenges, and obstacles, and the disruptions that have gone on in the world in control of our lives, or careers, and that you care about us and have our best interests, Father. I pray for just doors to open, Father, for, for these people who are looking for jobs, who are looking for
4: um, financial
0: security, for provision in their lives, Father. I pray for people who are new to the country and trying to establish their lives, Father, whether they're students or immigrants, Father. I pray that they continue to trust in your work that you have given to them, rather than what everybody else has said. Um, And just pray for just renewal of their, in their faith in you, Father, that they listen to you and focus on your word, and just continue to be faithful with what you have given them. We believe in all of these things in Jesus'
3: name. Amen. Good hey, evening. Um, my name is Blue, For those who don't know me or know me, and uh, I guess I'm one of the few people in this church who have been around for about 14 years, maybe. Yeah. For how mm-hmm. um, i For uh, you know, we started off when it was still a church plant, and uh, we've been here strong ever since. Um, my My eldest daughter grew up here. I used to be a, a small group leader as well. Times uh, so I even traveled in the uh, in the worship team. However, I, I was able to to help with that. I uh, I have a family here with me. Um, like I said, I have three kids, all of whom I love really, really much. I have an amazing wife that uh, that's here with me as well. And uh, I guess today I'm I'm going to be telling you about a little bit about you know, what's been happening for the past few years. Um, basically, I'd say before COVID happened, things were kind of going really well for us. Um, I've been working, or I was working downtown for Scotia Bank in IT, one of their tall towers. I um, was usually at the top floors, helping out some of the trading teams, so like the traders Fader sat at the uh, at the back. I was doing really well in my career. Uh, my wife was working for, I guess, the, the catering company that was, you know, um, catering meals for teams like. The Toronto Raptors, the, uh, the Maple Leafs, and a few of the other, you know, the other teams that were coming to town to, to kind of face off with them. It was, it was really good. I'd say, you know, the perks were amazing and very tasty. <laughs> my kids were in school back then, and you know, despite the fact that we had a very busy schedule, a hectic schedule at times, and my wife met working all hours for catering, we were always able to be there for the kids, take them to school, take them to the school bus, so, you know, everything was going okay for us. Then, you know, eventually the lockdowns hit. <clears throat> Just like almost everyone else, we found ourselves stuck together at home. And, you know, back then we live in a very small two bedroom apartment in North York. So, uh, I guess we got a very good chance of getting to know each other very well, <laughs> getting very close to each other. Some might say a little too close. You know, it, it was getting a little testy at times. And, um, you know, I started working from home. The kids started doing homeschooling or distance learning. Um, that, that in itself was a bit of a challenge. I never used to work from home. The kids were always in school, we whenever I had to. It was, it was a, a bit of a challenge for them because they don't usually use computers, so we had to be there to help, unfortunately. And unfortunately, my wife was there too. Because of all the, uh, I guess the cold leads being shut down, she got laid off from work. So, she was stuck there with us, you know, all five of us there, in that cozy little place. And, you know, it, it, it was a bit of a challenge. Um, you know, some people would actually say that absence makes the heart grow fonder. Well, we quickly learned that the opposite was a recipe for disaster. <laughs> you know, we were always on top of each other. We we were dealing with new routines throughout the day, and you know, new situations, and always, you know, I guess it it, it pretty much just really weighed in on us. Um, Consulting specific, I guess, my wife and I kind of did fine. We, We weren't like a lot of the people that we heard about that were getting into really bad situations with their relationships, but I do remember a few days ago we were having a bit of a conversation reminiscing about a time in the uh, in the lockdowns where she basically said to me, you know, I, I feel like I'm really lucky having someone like you. Every time I look at you, I, I remember how much I love you. But at other times, I feel like just strangling you. <laughs> it was a moment of honesty, and all I could really tell her was I felt the same way. <laughs> you know, it, it's just, we were at that point, and the kids who were constantly fighting. It, it's kind of hard having three kids, different ages, to kind of be in that confined space, always over on each other, competing for space, competing for attention. And then I guess, you know, um, in December 2020, about just before Christmas, that's when things got a little bit harder. Uh, I got hit with COVID, or we got hit with COVID. I was the first one to get hit, and it kind of hit me pretty hard. Not long after, my wife got it too. She was sick as well. And although we all tested positive, all five of us, we're very thankful that the kids came out practically asymptomatic. And, um, you know, we couldn't figure out how or why, because we were very paranoid from the beginning. At least, I was really paranoid about it. I even remember back when, you know, we would would actually go out on occasion, before we could get into the door, we'd spray our shoes with Lysol just to make sure we, you know, we don't get the virus into the house that way. And we were kind of paranoid, only going out when we really needed to, and, and, you know, it, it was, it was, it was one night in particular that I remember very distinctly. It was first the middle of the night, I was feeling really bad. Basically I couldn't get I couldn't get any sleep. I think it was about 1 a.m. I was texting my wife and I was saying I, I really can't sleep and we were still isolating me at the time. There was so much pain, I was so weak, so tired, but yet I couldn't sleep. You know, the fever was still there and I was waiting for the medicine to kick in. But I've been in bed for so much, it was really difficult for me. And at that point that's when I turned to the Bible, looked into the word. you know, I found a bit of hope in there, I found a bit more peace, and that helped me get through that moment. because it was very early on in the pandemic, you know, at that point, there was not a lot known about it, there was a lot of people getting very sick, a lot of people dying, and there were no vaccines to help me fight it, so it it got to a point where I was really low, and I have to admit, I was already thinking worst-case scenario, what would happen if it got worse? But that's when, you know, I love to, I love to God, and he gave me what I need. After recovering, you know, I guess we, we finally realized that we've had enough of the city. It was time to move on. We had enough of the congestion. We have we had we enough of all the people. We were those always around, especially living in a uh, high-rise building. So we eventually started looking for a house, you know. It was tough. It was not the best of times to be looking for a house, as most of you might know. It took us about a year but eventually found a new home, and we're really thankful for that. The, the kids are back in school, in person, and through our faith. We're happy with them being there, back into society. My wife has started working again. She's doing really well. She's been there. She just did her one year anniversary. that night, you know, I guess that night where I looked at the Word, I just want to share with you that the scripture that was given to me, practically slapped in my face as a reminder, was uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 12. It said, be joyful, and hope, patient in affliction, faithful and faithful in prayer." Sometimes we need very direct, harsh words to be reminded that we don't have to face things ourselves, that we have God to walk us through everything the joy, the pain, the sadness, the affliction, the hardships. As long as we stay faithful in prayer, we're good. And that's what I include you today as I as an encouragement.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, really. thank you
3: for Matt. Really,
1: thank you so much for sharing that. Let me just wrap this up. So you can take that with you. Um, so, why are we doing this? Why are we sharing? Like, maybe some of you, this is weird. Maybe it's your first time here. Welcome. We don't often do this. Uh, but I think what you're hearing is real people with real stories taking to a real faith in the real world, right? That um, we're a church that acknowledges the hardships of life. We don't believe that faith ignores, doesn't bury its head in the sand. But we acknowledge the reality, we acknowledge the hardships, we acknowledge the struggles. But there's always a but. But we also acknowledge that God's word has final authority in our lives. And so, the way I want to wrap this up is to put up a scripture, the Apostle Paul, and he had his own struggles. He had this thorn in his side, I'm not quite sure it was. He had something that he really wanted God to get rid of. Maybe like a pandemic. God, could you just be done with this right now? Maybe you pray that prayer. Could we just be done with this? Could life go back to whatever you know, we think life was like before the pandemic? Wasn't that great, by the way? <laughs> we still have challenges and problems. But we've had these moments. And then he writes this and he says, This is what
3: Jesus said to me. My grace is sufficient for
1: you. My power is made perfect in weakness. It's not the answer you want to hear, right? It's like, oh, man. Therefore, when he goes on, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, in pandemics, in riots, in circumstances that are beyond my control. Why, for when I am weak, then I and strong. And so what our faith does is it helps us reframe challenges and difficulties. It doesn't send us down the rabbit hole of despair when you don't have Jesus or a faith to cling to. And it doesn't rely on me to get somehow out of this difficulty and circumstance. It looks to Jesus. And when we look to Jesus, we're allowing Him to reframe our weaknesses and difficulties as opportunities for greater dependence and desperation for Jesus in our lives. And when we have dependence and desperation for Jesus, that's when he does amazing things in us and through us. And his grace is made available to us in a way that we would never have access to it unless we went through those difficulties and circumstances. And it's not that we welcome that. It's not that we go home and pray for suffering now. It's not that we welcome in these hardships, but it's to say that this somehow God is going to use that grief, use that challenge, use that difficulty in a way that I would be better for it had I not gone through it with His grace and with Jesus by my side. And so, I want to end off by giving you some homework. This past week, after two plus years, uh, we got together with some of our every nation pastors down in Florida. Myself and Aaron were in Florida, nice sunny Florida. Uh, for three days, and uh, for a lot of work, it was hard work, and, uh, and uh, it was amazing, the theme, one of the themes of the first night, there was all about how God has sustained us this last two years as pastors as leaders, and how God has sustained your church, and it was a great flip, because we're so aware of all the challenges we've had, and I want to flip it now, and you've heard some challenges, you've heard some real stories, of. you've And loss and disappointment and struggle, and yet how God's grace has been available.
4: And this is the first
1: question that was posed to us How has God sustained me in this past season, this season past? And I want to encourage you this week, maybe some of you do this, maybe you do a gratitude journal, whatever that is, but I would really encourage you to take some time today, this week, and write out all the ways God has sustained you this past season. It could be something deep, like finding a Bible verse when you're feeling like you could be facing death, or it could be simple, like I got to spend more time with my family. I got to go to walks with my family. Life slowed down where I could actually catch my breath a bit. How has God sustained me in this season past? And then the second question for us, as we moving forward as a church, is this question. How will God sustain us in the season ahead? And there are many ways God's grace comes to us, but I want to suggest three ways, three sources, that God's grace is going to sustain us in the season ahead. It's by prioritizing God's presence, God's people, and God's purposes. Presence, God's people, God's purposes. Sometimes we call this worship, community, mission. relationship with Jesus, my relationship with other people who are following Jesus, my relationship with the world around me that God's called me to go in and serve and fulfill his purposes. Sometimes we think it's just my relationship with God and we miss out of the grace that's in people around us, community around us. Sometimes we think that we need to get to a place of being healthy and sustained before we go and do stuff for God. And I want to say that sometimes there's a grace that only gets unlocked when you step out and be faithful and obey God, whatever that looks like. God's presence, God's people, God's purposes. Those are at least three sources that God will use to sustain you, to sustain me, to sustain us as a church as we move forward in the season. Ahead. So, before I invite uh, Pastor Eric to lead us to a communion moment, I want to pray for us. And then I think of no better way than to begin by doing that, by going to the communion table and strengthening our relationship with the Lord. And so, Father, we are so grateful that you have a book in the Bible called Lamentations. You have Psalms that are just heartfelt of people living in a broken world like we are, dealing with challenges, disappointments. And Lord, we know we've done so much in the last two years. For us, some of us are just ready to move on. And we all need to move on. But thank you, God, that you help us to come to a place of honesty and reflection in our lives. To acknowledge where we're at. But also, Lord, that you don't want to leave us there as well. But through your scripture, through your presence, through your people, through your purposes, there's a hope and a grace for us to move forward, to be sustained for the season ahead. And I pray for every person here, for all those that are not here that we know are part of our church, God, would your sustaining presence be made real to them even this week. God, would we be as a church sustained in the season ahead as we look to you, look to one another, and look to begin to reactivate our mission in your world that you've called us to reach. And as we do that, Father, would your grace be sufficient for us. Such that we would boast in our weakness because when we are weak, then we are strong. Thank you for this promise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: You've been listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit our website at everynationgta.org.